Steve's Weekly Podcast. Hello there, welcome to this week's weekly podcast special uh, here on Spotify Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and even on my YouTube channel, Steve Official as well. Welcome everyone, and welcome to this special podcast. Uh, Today, uh, for the audio listeners, this is podcast episode 81. And just for the visual viewers, this is just a podcast I've decided to do where I'm going to be talking about everything that was announced at the Apple event uh, on the 8th of March 2022. Lots of things to get through, by the way. Absolutely loads of things. And I'm going to go through pricing. I'm going to go through the specifications of everything that was announced at the Apple event uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, there was there was just loads. There was absolutely loads. Um, so I actually, first of all, want to start uh, by talking about the Mac uh, Studio. Let's talk about that first because Apple have announced a new compact Mac Studio uh, PC. Um, so Apple has announced a brand new device at its March event, the Mac Studio, a compact computer that's aimed at creative professionals and it comes with the new M1 Ultra chip or the M1 Max in a cheaper configuration. Now, I'm going to go through the M1 Ultra chip very shortly in this podcast, so stay tuned for that. Uh, But this allows users to create the studio of their dreams. The new Mac Studio looks like a beefed-up Mac Mini with some seriously powerful specifications. Not only is this a very powerful PC, the Mac Studio offers an enormous connectivity options, four Thunderbolt 4 ports, two USB-A ports, plus support for four Pro Display XDR monitors and a 4K TV as well. You can also hook it up to the new studio display, which again, I will go through a little bit later on in this podcast. All this power in a compact design that's just 3.7 inches high uh, comes at a price, however, with the Mac Studio starting at $1,999 US dollars, $1,999 pounds, and 3099 Australian dollars for the model with the M1 Max and 3999 dollars in the US 3999 pounds in the UK and 6099 Australian dollars for the model with the new M1 Ultra chip according to Apple Mac Studio delivers even more capability to users who are looking to push the limits of their creativity and can be used as part of a modular system. And hopefully, uh, Tech Radar, which, by the way, credit to Tech Radar for these articles, by the way, will hopefully get their hands on one soon. But until then, here is everything that we know about the Mac Studio so far. So the price and availability, as mentioned, Mac Studio starts at a hefty $1,999 in the US, £1,999 in the UK, and $3,099 Australian dollars for the model with the M1 Max. Certainly a pricey prospect. Meanwhile, the Mac Studio, uh, with that all new M1 Ultra chip, 64 gig of unified memory and one terabyte of storage, will cost a huge 
$3,999 in the US, £3,999 in the UK and $6,099 Australian dollars. This could put a load of people off. If you want to go all out, the maximum spec with the all new M1 Ultra, 128GB of memory and 8TB of storage will cost you, and get ready for this people, an eye-watering $7,999 in the US, £7,999 in the UK and $12,099 Australian dollars. That's still cheaper than the most expensive Mac Pro, however. So, pre-orders are available from today and they will start to ship on March 18th. That's only if you can afford it. So let's have a look at the design. So if you're a fan of the Mac Mini, then you'll like the design of the Mac Studio, which essentially looks like a beefed up Mac Mini. It's built from a single aluminium extrusion and has a square footprint of 7.7 .7 inches and a height of 3.7 inches, making this an impressively compact computer considering the power on offer. To keep things cool, there are double-sided blowers to channel airflow through the Mac Studio and Apple has promised it will remain quiet even when working hard. The Mac Studio also comes with a good range of connectivity options. There's four Thunderbolt 4 ports, a 10 gig Ethernet port, two USB-A ports, an HDMI port, an audio jack on the back, plus Wi-Fi 6 and Bluetooth 5.0. There is also an SD card slot on the front along with two USB-C ports. So let's take a look at the performance. So the Mac Studio is 50% faster than the MacBook Pro with M1, uh, with M1 Mac. And 3.4 faster graphics than, it's, than the most powerful iMac according to Apple. It's also apparently 80% faster than a Mac Pro with a 28-core Intel Exeon uh, processor and can support up to 18 streams of 8K ProRes video. This promises to be an extremely powerful little computer. Apple claims it will change everything, which is certainly a bold statement, but if performance holds up, then this could be a very interesting device. So the specifications? So the Mac Studio comes with the choice of the powerful M1 Max found in the newest MacBook Pro 16-inch and MacBook Pro 14-inch laptops, or the new M1 Ultra, which is essentially two M1 Max chips connected together, which will offer some incredibly impressive performance. This means it can come up with uh, come up uh, come with up to a 20-core CPU and 64-core GPU, and supports up to 128 gig of unified memory. Memory bandwidth is also extremely fast, with up to 800 gigabyte per second, and also comes with up to t eight terabyte of SSD storage. So there we go. So that is the Mac Studio. Let's delve a little bit more deeper now into the Apple M1 Ultra uh, chip. So Apple has announced an all-new high-end CPU at its March 2022 hardware event, the M1 Ultra. The processor's aim is to bring higher performance, likely to desktop PCs meant for creative professionals. Apple claims that this is the biggest processor ever built, a feat 
it was able to accomplish by taking two M1 Max um, chips and bridging them with a connector which allows Apple to reach incredible performance without losing efficiency as the two chips are basically talking to each other. The massive M1 Ultra chip has a GPU with 8192 execution uh, units which would place it on the same level as an RTX 3080 from Paper Specs alone and Tet Radar will have to wait and see how it plays out in their tests. Just like the rest of the M1 family of processors, the M1 Max is a system on a chip design which means the CPU, GPU, RAM, storage and media engine are all included in one big chip. Unlike Apple's other SEO, uh, SEOCs though, the M1 Ultra will only be available in the Mac Studio. An M1 Ultra powered Mac Studio will start at $3,999 in the US, £3,999 in the UK and Australian dollars $6,099. It's available on March 18th. Better than an RTX 3090, we'll see. Among the numbers Apple showed in the reveal for the M1 Ultra was a chart saying that the M1 Ultra could reach higher levels of performance as a system than an NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3090 and, and an Intel Core i9-12900K uh, while consuming 200 watts less power. It's a bold claim, but TechRadar could see Apple actually delivering on depending on how much power it's willing to pump into its desktop class components. The M1 Ultra has a 64-core a uh, discrete class GPU with 8192 execution units. These have a different name but would essentially be a similar concept to CUDA cores for Nvidia or streaming multiprocessors for AMD graphic cards. With 8192 EUs, that's right up there with the Nvidia GeForce RTX 3080 and M AMD Radeon RX 6800 uh, XT. So we wouldn't be surprised if uh, the more efficient 5NM manufacturing process would be able to deliver even more performance on the same amount of compute units. Specs to back it up. So the GPU built in the M1 Ultra with its 64 cores is the big story of Apple's March 22, uh, 2022 event to be sure. But the actual CPU is nothing to scoff at with the M1 Ultra. You get a 20-core CPU with 114 billion transistors, making it one of the most dense processors ever built for a consumer-class device. Those cores break down into 16 high-performance high cores and 4 efficiency cores. If you're unfamiliar, this follows the same kind of hybrid chip design as the M1 did. The high-performance cores are there to handle heavy workloads that need as much brute force as possible, and the high-efficiency cores work in the background to take care of background tasks as they appear. The M1 Ultra, comparatively speaking, has many more performance cores for each efficiency core than the original M1 chip that appeared in 2020. Apple's first computing chip split into eight uh, split its eight cores down the middle with four performance cores and four efficiency cores that allowed the MacBook Air and 13-inch MacBook Pro to easily balance performance and battery life. However, because the M1 Ultra is only in the Mac Studio, battery life isn't a concern. 
Apple can prioritize loading the chip with high-performance cores without adding more efficiency cores because it simply doesn't need to take battery life into the equation. For the creative professionals that will be using the M1 Ultra, power is the name of the game. This is also the Mac chip that will support up to 128GB of RAM, so it's clearly meant to power creative class workloads like video editing and rendering, which demands huge amounts of RAM. That might sound like a lot of memory, but if you need that much RAM, you need it, and there's never going to be enough. Apple, Apple was able to achieve this by smooshing two M1 Max uh, dies together and bring them via an interconnect, lovingly called Ultra Fusion. Apple claims that this has twice the connection density of any technology. Again, they'll see. But it means that there's 2.5 terabyte speed of bandwidth be uh, between the two main CPU chiplets, which should essentially eliminate lag between them or make it so minimal that it's meaningless. Apple also included a graph showing the raw CPU performance of the M1 Ultra against the Intel Core i9-12900K, which has a similarly built CPU. Apple is claiming that it can double the Core i9-12900K's performance with much less power. That would be incredible if, that's, if it's true. As in TechRadar's testing, the Intel Core i9-12900K is easily the most powerful mainstream desktop processor on the market right now. So TechRadar are just wondering how they compare to the new AMD Ryzen uh, Threadripper Pro CPUs. Studio Fresh. So if you're a creative professional that wants to harness the raw power of the M1 Ultra, you're going to be looking at the Mac Studio. It looks like a Mac Mini, but bigger, and is able to power this monster of a processor in a chassis that's just 3.7 inches thick and 7.7 .7 inches long. That's just a little bit thicker than the Mac Mini and should keep your desk clear. With the Mac Studio, which starts... At $3,999 US dollars, £3,999 in the UK, and $6,099 Australian dollars. If you want an M1 Ultra powered version, Apple is claiming that it will feature 90% faster than an entry level Exeon Mac Pro and a GPU that is essentially three Radeon Pro 5700 XTs, all of that integrated into a single chip. That's the only uh, Mac with the new M1 Ultra processor, but that's not too terribly surprising. The amount of power that something like this would require is just too much for a mobile form factor, so it's unlikely that we'll ever see the M1 Ultra make its way into something like the MacBook Pro, at least not in its current iteration. But even though it's expensive with the M1 Ultra, it's still much more accessible than the Mac Pro, uh, Mac Pro. Though, to be clear, the M1 Ultra is only really going to be necessary for creative professionals that need an extremely fast processor to make their living and, as such, the Mac Studio should be considered a professional-level device. Both of these things make the $3,999 price tag even more impressive, even though, yeah, you could get an equivalent Windows 11 desktop for less cash. Leaked ben benchmarks. 
So only a few hours after the M1 Ultra was officially revealed, benchmark scores were seemingly leaked onto the internet, and the results looked very promising. As Mac Rumors reports, the 20-core M1 Ultra has been spotted in Geekbench 5 scores, achieving a single-core score of 1,793 and a multi-core score of 24,055. This is impressively high with the high-end Mac Pro in its most expensive configuration with a 28-core Intel Exeon W chip scoring 1,152 and 19,951 in the same tests. This means the M1 Ultra is 21% faster in multi-core performances and 56% faster in single-core performance and, in, and impressive feat uh, considering the core advantage the Intel Exeon chip has. So there we go, that's the M1 Ultra chip. Let's now take a break from the M1 Ultras and stuff like that. We're going to go into a little bit more hardware for you. And we're going to talk about the uh, new iPhone SE 2022. So the iPhone SE 3 is here. So the new iPhone SE for 2022 has been announced. Um, I don't know what that was all about, but there we go. Uh, but yeah, the new iPhone SE for 2022 has been announced as a successor to the iPhone SE 2020. And as the third generation model in this line of affordable alternatives to Apple's flagship phones. Sure, the new iPhone SE doesn't exactly reinvent the wheel, as is as it's incredibly similar to its predecessor. However, to continue the metaphor, there's a new tire on that wheel, which might give the new device some extra mileage. The two key upgrades here are the A15 Bionic chipset, which will give the iPhone SE more processing power than the 2020 alternative and puts it on par with the iPhone 13 and 5G connectivity, bringing Apple's mid-range phone up to date with new tech advancements. So some people might like these new iPhone SE upgrades, though you'd be forgiven for being disappointed since leaks pointed to a lot more changing. Um, so... Let's have a look at the release date and price. So the new iPhone SE goes on sale on March 18th, though you can pre-order it a week earlier on March 11th. So this upcoming Friday, the time of recording this podcast. The phone's price has been confirmed and it starts at 429 US dollars, 419 pounds in the UK and 719 Australian dollars for 64 gig of storage. So let's have a look. So you've got the configuration here. So as mentioned, 64 gig, US price $429, UK price £419, and in Australian dollars, £719. If you wanted to upgrade to 128 gig of storage, that will set you back $479 in the US, £469 in the UK, and £799 Australian dollars in Australia. And finally, the 256 gig uh, configuration storage will set you back $579 in the US, £569 in the UK, and $969 Australian dollars in Australia. So there we go. Um, so that makes the phone a touch pricier than the iPhone SE 2020, as that device started at $399 in the US, £419 in the UK, 
and 749 Australian dollars in Australia for 64 gig of storage. We presume the price hike is because of the addition of 5G. So let's have a look at the design and the display. So the third gen iPhone SE has the same design as its predecessor and therefore the same look as the iPhone 8, a five-year-old phone. That means it's small and thin with a big bezel and chin and the latter one houses a physical power button too. People who find the iPhone 13 range too angular might appreciate the curvy sides of the phone here. The front and back of the phone is made of glass with an aluminium frame between it. This is a very 2017 design for Apple. It's quite a svelte device and the flat back is only broken up by a tiny camera bump on the back. There's a lightning port for charging and a cable comes in the box but no power block. But there isn't a 3.5mm headphone jack so if you wanted to listen to music essentially you'd have to use Bluetooth connectivity. You can buy the phone in black, white or red which is a more limited collection of colours than the iPhone SE 2020 and may disappoint people who expected a vast range of shades. The screen specs are identical to that on the iPhone SE 2020. That means it's a 4.7 inch display which may seem incredibly petite compared to the giant 6.8 inch Pro Max devices. It's an LCD screen with a 750 by 1334 resolution and 60Hz refresh rate. Those aren't fantastic specs for the price and this phone definitely isn't for people who want to stream loads of videos online. So the iPhone SE 2022 camera and battery life. We usually call this section in our hubs camera and battery life but that plural is inappropriate in this case because Apple seems to be sticking with its one camera solution. So the iPhone SE 2022 has a single 12 megapixel rear camera which, presum which presumably has an improved sensor over the last SE though this wasn't confirmed. At the launch Apple showed off a few camera features including port, uh, port rate mode um, and photographic styles or filters though these aren't new to smartphones or even iPhones. The company has stated that the A15 Bionic chipset more on that later brings improvements in the camera department but it's highly unlikely these benefits will be noticeable to the average user. The front camera is the same 7 megapixel snapper as we saw two years ago. Don't expect high res selfies here then. Uh, one new addition is slow-mo video to this snapper. Slow fees, didn't Apple used to call them. We're not surprised it's dropped that name. In terms of battery, Apple never really uh, reveals its phone capacities ahead of time. Uh, so we always have to wait for breakdowns to bring us that information. However, Apple says the iPhone SE 2022 brings better battery life from what presumably last year's model, but that wasn't specified. So let's take a look at the performance and software. So the iPhone SE 2022 is getting the iPhone 13's chipset in the A15 Bionic, so expect similar processing speeds and battery optimization. What about RAM? Apple never specifies it, so we'll have to wait and see for the teardowns again, but expect it to be 3GB or 4GB. That chipset promises lots of power for gaming, or whatever games you can play on that tiny screen, 
but battery optimization and AI smarts are its real benefits. The software is iOS 15, again, like the iPhone 13 has, so this will likely feel like a similar device, oh, except with a tiny screen. One upgrade is that, unlike the older iPhone SE, the third gen version is getting 5G connectivity, so it should give much quicker internet connection for people who live in areas with 5G network coverage. So there we go, that's everything that was announced about the iPhone SE 3 or the iPhone SE 2022. Let's now uh, move on to the iPad Air. Now this one blew me away, to be honest, the iPad Air, um, and you're about to find out why as we go into this. But Apple has announced the 2022 fifth generation iPad Air. So the new iPad Air 2022 continues the trend that the iPad Air 2020 started. No longer is this a family of gangly large form alternatives to the entry level iPad series. And it's now a elite equivalent to the iPad Pro. Uh, the iPad Air 5, a name that Tech Radar given it due to it being the fifth generation iPad Air was announced on stage during the Apple March event alongside the iPhone SE 2022, Mac Studio and M1 Ultra chipset. The airline of iPads is the company's mid-range family, though we've seen some impressively premium features used in this and the last generations. 5G is a new feature in the iPad Air 2022, giving users who opt for the cellular-capable model access to the fastest internet speeds when away from Wi-Fi. So is the use of a super-powerful Apple M1 chip. It goes on sale soon, and once it's available, we'll uh, be able to bring you our full review. Until then, we've collected everything you need to know. So if you do want a review on the Apple iPad Air 5, Tech Radar will be the best place to go as soon as it does come on sale. So let's just cut to the chase. What is it? It's the fifth generation in Apple's mid-range tablet line. How much will it cost? Well, it will cost from $599 in the US, £569 in the UK and $929 Australian dollars. When will it be out? March 18th, but pre-orders will open from this Friday, March 11th at the time of recording this podcast. So let's have a look at the release date. So the pre-orders, um, so pre-orders go from March 11th, release date March 18th, um, and the price, um, which has already been said, really. So, uh, but let me have a look at the configurations because that's the more important thing, okay? So we'll do both Wi-Fi and, and uh, 5G models. So we'll start with the 64 gig with Wi-Fi. So the US price for that is $599. UK price is £569. In Australia, it's 929 Australian dollars. The 5G version of the 64 gig model in the US is $749. UK is £719. And in Australia, it's $1,159 Australian dollars. The 256 gig Wi-Fi version in the US is £749, in the UK that's £719, and in Australia that's £1,159 Australian dollars. 
and the 256 gig storage model with 5G coverage in uh, the US is $899, UK is £869 and in Australian uh, dollars it's $1,389. As a bit of background, the iPad Air 4 costs $599 in the US, £579 in the UK and $899 Australian dollars for the entry level Wi-Fi only 64 gig of storage model with prices going up for more storage and cellular uh, connection ipad air pre-orders open on friday march 11th and the ipad air 2022 release date is confirmed as march 18th it's worth pointing out that the last gen ipad air was very hard to buy at launch so let's take a look at the design and the display so there doesn't appear to be any upgrades in the design or screen departments for the new ipad air versus its predecessor it means you get a 10.9 inch liquid retina display with a 2360 by 1640 resolution, 500 nits of brightness, P3 wide colour gamut, true tone and anti-reflective screen. That's, non uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing though, as TechRadar wrote in their review for iPad Air 4. The screen on the iPad Air 4 is a great size and fantastic quality and you'll be happy with it whatever you use this slate for. Dimensions remain the same too, although the iPad Air 2022 does weight a few grams, more than its predecessor, but you're unlikely to realise. The Touch ID scanner also returns, built into the power button at uh, the top edge of the tablet. It means you get the smart flat edges that gives the iPad Air series a premium look and feel similar to that of the iPad Pro line, which elevates it above uh, the more rounded iPad. You'll be able to pick up the new iPad Air in five different colours. Space Grey, Starlight, Pink, Purple and Blue. So the iPad Air 2022 camera and battery life. So the front camera has been upgraded in the new iPad Air. With a 12 megapixel ultra wide camera versus a 7 megapixel wide cam in a previous gen slate that supports centre stage, which allows the camera to keep people in frame as they move around. Meanwhile, there's no change with the single sensor on the rear, with Apple sticking to the same 12 megapixel f1.8 aperture lens with a 5 digital, uh, five times digital zoom and smart HDR3 for photos as the Air's 2022's predecessor. We haven't heard details on the battery capacity. That's normal for Apple, which is tight-lipped with this spec at launch event. Apple predicts that it will last for 10 hours of use between charges, though, same as the last edition. So let's have a look at the performance spec and software. So Apple is being bold with its claim when it comes to iPad Air 5 performance. The 5th generation Air tablet gets Apple's M1 chip, which you find in its MacBook and iPad Pro lines. Which, by the way, that bit of information right there was the bit that instantly blew me away. The new chipset provides the new iPad Air with 60% better performance versus the iPad Air 4, which came with the iPhone-focused A14 Bionic chipset. GPU performance has also improved by 2 times versus the Air 4, according to Apple, all of which makes the iPad Air 5 the fastest tablet in its segment. There's also 8GB of RAM inside. 
The performance of the USB-C port has also been upgraded with transfer speeds uh, doubled while the inclusion of 5G support in the cellular Air 5 models will give you access to fastest internet speeds when you're away from Wi-Fi so long as you're in a 5G coverage area. Running the slow, uh, running the show on the new iPad Air is iPad OS 15, which is already available on the previous Air 4 and many other Apple tablets. This is a version of iOS with some tablet-specific features like handwriting recognition with the stylus and an improved multi-tab experience. The iPad Air also comes with Apple pa- uh, Pencil compatibility. So you can use the second gen Apple stylus for various tasks. Though you do have to buy the Apple Pencil separately. So there we go. So that is everything that was announced in regards to the iPad Air 2022. Now just going back uh, finally to the uh, Apple Studio. And alongside the Apple Studio was the Apple Studio display. So Apple dropped the studio display at its March event. So Apple announced its latest display at its March event, the studio display, which offers a new option for Creative Pro and home users alike. The 27-inch 5K display, which is meant to pair with the new Mac Studio, but can also be used for any Mac device, starts at a pricey, $1,599 $1,599 US dollars, that's £1,499 in the UK and $2,499 Australian dollars. But at least this one comes with a stand and it's even configurable, at least in the US. The display comes with an A13 Bionic chip inside, a built in 12 megapixel ultra wide camera for the iPad with center stage, uh, stage support. P3 color gamut coverage with 10-bit color depth, 600-nit brightness, a 3-mic array built-in, and a 6-speaker sound system with spatial audio support. In many ways, this is almost like they took the iPad Pro and made it a 27-inch display and pushed its specs up to 11, including a 5K resolution with 448 pixels per inch density that is pretty much as dense as you can get and still be perceivable by the human eye. Um, The monitor comes with three 10 gig USB Type-C ports and a Thunderbolt port that can carry 96 watts of power, more than enough to fast charge a 14 inch MacBook Pro. You can also have the option of getting the display in the standard anti-reflective coating or with a nano texture glass option with the latter bumping the price up to US$1,899, pounds in the UK and Australian dollars in Australia. In the US, you have an option of going with the tilt adjustable stand or VESA wall mount for the same starting price depending on the type of glass you get with the display or getting a stand that both tilts and offers height adjustments for an additional $300 in the US, £400 in the UK and $600 Australian dollars in Australia. You can pre-order the studio display now and it will be otherwise available for purchase starting on March 18th, 2022. So basically, what I can safely say 
is if you're looking at getting the Mac Studio, uh, then definitely get a Mac Studio display to go with it because I think that would definitely um, that would definitely show off some of the great features that come with the Mac Studio um, device. Um, regardless whether you go for just the M1 Max or the M1 Ultra chip. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, if that was me getting the, the Mac Studio, I would personally get just the M1 Max rather than the M1 Ultra. I'm not a developer. I'm not a gamer. So, you know, for me, it's not one of those really, really big um, kind of professional devices that I would get. I mean, to be honest... Right now, I'm really happy with the M1 iMac that I'm using right now. It's a 24-inch display. It fits perfectly in the corner where I've got it. Um, and, yeah, I'm just happy using it. So, they have specified that the M1 Ultra chip is the last M1 chip that we'll be seeing in the M1 family for the Apple Silicon chips. So, expect probably in 2023... For them to be, or maybe even later this year, who knows? But expect them to be upping the uh, the ante, shall we say, and bringing out a brand new, maybe an M2 chipset for like the MacBook Pro or MacBook Air devices or something, if they get announced a little bit later on this year. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Now they have also now they very very t quietly teased the iMac Pro. Now, the iMac Pro, essentially, arguably, you could say, was announced at the event, but they didn't go into any specifications about the iMac Pro. They have just essentially confirmed that an iMac Pro is on its way and that we'll be hearing more details about the iMac Pro another day, is basically what they said. So... Maybe we can expect to hear more details either at the next Apple event that takes place. Although I think the next Apple event would essentially be June, which would be the WWDC event. So maybe they might be holding one a little bit later on in the year where they'll be discussing more about the iMac Pro. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is a lot of devices there. I mean, the iPhone SE, I really wasn't too bothered about. The iPad Air, uh, the iPad Air 5 got my attention, especially given the fact that they're using the M1 chips. The same chipset as what could be found in my iMac, but also the same chipsets that could be found in the iPad Pro as well. So it's really good that they're bringing in the M1 chipset into their, their mid-range tablets, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, so there we go. So that is essentially everything that got announced at the Apple event 2022. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, feel free to hit that subscribe button on your podcast streaming platforms. If you have not yet subscribed uh, to my uh, weekly podcast, uh, for the audio listeners, there will be another brand new podcast, episode 82, that will be coming out on Friday this week, Friday the 11th of March. Uh, where I will be discussing uh, two movies. The first movie being The Weekend Away, uh, which is available to watch on Netflix. I'll be talking about that. 
And I'll also be talking about The Batman, which I have safely seen. So that podcast is not to be missed. Um, I will also be talking about 20th Century Studios. And I'll also be talking about uh, the streaming services getting ad tier um, services as well. Or prices or whatever you want to say. So... Yeah, so that's what's coming up on my podcast this week. I hope you guys do tune in for that. That'll be released on Friday the 11th of March um, at 4pm UK time. But until then, uh, it's goodbye. Thanks for listening. And if you watched on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. And I will see you guys again in my next weekly podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify Music. Until then, goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Steve's Weekly Podcast.